0: Log Talk Radio
1: Operatic Electric Pop. And the best dance party on the West Coast, Charlotte Bash and Afrolicious are here with us today. It's Music Friday Live. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live brought to you by World Arts, a global platform for musicians, fans, and the music industry, and by San Felipe my San Felipe your source for a great getaway on the Sea of Cortez. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. These bands are here to talk with you. Call us 347 215 7511 or email us. Email your questions and your comments to music friday live at gmail.com and i want to say a special welcome to our listeners on the cyberstation usa.com network and their radio affiliates on the east coast and also to those of you listening to us on stitcher or itunes or in london on the artist echoes network so you have listening live and you have questions or comments call our guests three four seven two one five seventy five eleven. 215 or if you're, you know, you're sitting at work, you got your headphones on, you can't really make a phone call, or if you're listening to us on a podcast or in London, email us. We'll forward the email on to our guest. That's at gmail.com and they can pl- reply directly to you. Well, if you live in Northern California, the Bay Area, and you love music, you have been to the Elbow Room in the Mission District, and you loved its undulating bar and its gilded upstairs theater. But there's something else to love about it. It was the birthplace of Afrolicious, the best party on the coast that became one of the best bands on the coast. Brothers Pleasure Maker and Senior Oz, a.k.a. Joe McGuire and Oz McGuire, started DJing a party there and recruiting other musicians. And before long, it kind of evolved, evolved into a live band with two EPs, and now they got a full album. They're part of a global group of DJs and producers and bands and labels that produce contemporary dance music inspired by the African diaspora. And they have played that music in clubs and venues and festivals from Burning Man to Snow Globe. The founder of Afrolicious, Joe McGuire, the pleasure maker himself, is with us right now. Joe, welcome to Music Friday Live. Well, first of all... Gary? Yes. Oh, yeah. We can hear you just fine. Okay. Cool. Right. <laughs> uh, and you can hear <laughs> us. I could take. I take it too. Oh yeah,
2: definitely. Definitely. Just want to make sure okay.
1: the was good. Well, thank well, you. first of all, let me just congratulate you on the album. It's a great album. Um, thank you. Each song is a is a gem, and there's eight of them on the album. So like we said in the introduction, uh, you began as a weekly party at the Elbow Room, which for my non-San Francisco listeners, opened up in 1935, so it has seen a lot of music and beer, but you and your brother were always collecting other musicians around you, so if you were DJing, how did that work? Did you switch from spinning to playing live and inviting guests? How How did you evolve?
2: Good question. Um... Well, you know, I started playing in bands as a youth, and uh, my brother pretty early on in his DJ days started using drummers and uh, collaborating with them on DJ sets. And, uh, you know, we both just love the uh, relationship between live music uh, and the crowd and live musicians amongst each other. And then eventually the relationship between the DJ and the live musicians and how they play off each other. So we just always love those connections and that live energy that comes with live music and, um, you know, kind of some of the musical freedom that can come with DJ. And there's, you know, there's just endless possibilities with that without the need to find, uh, you know, musicians that could basically play any style imaginable and then <laughs> and then recreate different eras perfectly. You know, like if you can't do that, it's, it's almost You know, almost impossible to recreate what you can do as a DJ, but no matter how great a DJ set is, it never can have the same energy as live music, so you put the two together and you have something different, unique, so uh, that's how that came about, in a way, I guess, just trying to, you know, searching for a new sound, a different thing, some people had already been doing this, um, and it had been inspiring us as well, but you know, we, we were interested in the hybrid and just to see what we could come up with, so yeah, my brother and I were both DJ, I would sometimes play keys, I played a lot of percussion too at the party, I learned uh, as much as I could just observing other great percussionists. But, yeah, we always would invite drummers and horn players and stuff. And, uh,
1: so you you played uh, drums yeah. as, as as well as spinning then?
2: I would play some percussion, more auxiliary. I'm not a drummer myself. I'm more of a uh, stringed instrument, guitars, bass, and piano, not by sax as well. But uh, I'd learned a lot over the time doing that. But, you know, the main thing was that uh, – we you know, we wanted to bring some of that energy of the live band to the DJ elements. and uh you can also ride out drum breaks or sections of songs longer and I mean I would I would like solo over my keys or something over a certain section. We'd loop up a bass line, a drum beat, percussionist would play, I'd play some keys, horn player would come in and riff, M C would come in and spit on you know, get on the mic those kinds of things.
1: And just have a great time. Well let's let's play some of that music. This is uh destiny. Title track on the album is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Well, uh, let me just say first of all, I love the multi-rhythm percussion intro in that, and uh, and I love also the way you you bring the bass forward with the funk and and the guitar accent over on the other channel. It's a really nice piece of production and music craftsmanship. Who's playing the bass on that?
2: Hey, thank you for that compliment. Uh, Actually, I laid the bass on this album.
1: Okay, and and who's singing? Is there a female voice in there too?
2: There is. That's a woman from Los Angeles named Rain. Uh, her performance name is Rain. Uh, Raina. Uh, I think is it Raina Gifford. I'm trying to remember her last name. Offhand. But yeah, she's a, she's a talented singer. Um, we started collaborating last year, and probably need to follow up with her. But she was busy with her own stuff, so we didn't collaborate too much. But uh, yeah, she contributed. Diamond Vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, our conga player and other vocalists. And myself. I mean, we have four total singers in the band, but two two lead singers, Diamond and myself, on vocals as well.
1: Okay. All right. Well, it it certainly works well. Uh, now, um, so that is going to be the title track. Um, that's your destiny. Um, it's time to rise up, is what the song says. Is it time to rise up?
2: Yeah, I think. I think in, unless we just want to um, throw in the white towel or put the white flag up, you know, uh, absolutely there's not even a, a choice in these days because uh, I think good-hearted, conscious-minded folks worldwide and specifically in our country as well have the back up against the wall these days. Uh, there's been a an assault on human rights for, well, centuries, but, you know, it's been, it's been specifically yeah, okay. so going on for decades.
1: You're, put, you're putting that message out there and that's your destiny. Well, speaking of rising up, um, you do lend your music uh, to causes, and I understand you play that Revel in the Rainforest, uh, Rainforest Action Network's big annual dance party and fundraiser. Is conservation also one of your issues, one of your passions?
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, I think I think that uh, again, you know, if you're thinking about what's going on in the world, if you're paying attention, if you've ever read a history book or a newspaper, you know that things are going in a misguided direction. Um, global warming, you know, has been confirmed for many, many years. Uh, and and it's just obvious by looking at the, the fact that the temperature is rising year in and year out. Glaciers are melting. Animals, uh, more and more animal species are becoming extinct. The ocean, ocean is becoming acidified. So uh, all these things in, in concert means that uh, we're, we're headed in a very dangerous direction. So, you know, it's not a choice in these days. I think the main thing that we have to look at is how can we make a big impact. It's one thing to walk and not drive or, or use a cloth bag instead of, a plastic bag every time you go to the grocery. Those are good steps, but frankly, that's not going to cut it. Um, we have to stop the corporate takeover because that's the root of the problem right there. Um, well, I want to well.
1: I, I want to stay on the conservation theme, but I want to change uh, tempos a little bit. And this is another song. Sure. This is world Coming Undone." You know the horns in this uh, give it kind of a, a real, real high gloss, sort of a Vegas feel, and then you get really funky. I would say that the song is timely, but um, did you write it recently, or has that been in your inventory for a while, or in
2: your mind? No, that's that's written within that's written within the last year. Okay. All right. Um, so okay. you know, fairly recently. It's, it's
1: definitely current. So you ask questions in that song. Um, uh, What are we going to find? Uh, Are are there answers to that yet?
2: You know, yeah, will we find an answer uh, (laughs) or keep searching endlessly? You know, I I don't know, man. It remains to be seen. You know, the movie's not over. It's still being written. It's still being filmed. You know, uh, I think we're all praying and, and hoping, you know, I say not enough action, you know, a lot of, see a lot of praying, see a lot of hoping. We're all hoping and praying, but I think that you know, we feel misguided. We don't feel there's enough direction in how we can you know, keep the fascists and, and those who would rather have us, you know, sweat and toil than enjoy life. Uh, you know, how we can keep them in check and how how can we create our own destiny. This album is about creating our own destiny and that's a harmonious destiny and one which everyone can live a beautiful life and
1: you know, which is doesn't why need you're to be calling, dominated. Which is why you're calling the album Destiny and Destiny is your uh, your your title track. Um, well, Definitely. you know, it, it's it's really nice to hear dance music with an intellectual heft, which is you know not always the case, and it's not easy to do. So congratulations on that. And let me remind our Thank audience you. that we're we're talking with Joe McGuire, uh, the famous pleasure maker of Afrolicious, and you can <laughs> talk with him too. You can call him three four seven two one five five eleven, or you can email us. You can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail dot com. And oh. Oh, we do? Okay. Uh, I'm told that we do have some emails coming in, and uh, well, we'll, okay, we'll get to them in just a minute. Well, first of all, Joe, I want to ask you, um, this album has a lot of range to it musically. While there are eight songs, and they're all in the dance world, the musical distance between a song like, oh, say, The World is Coming Undone, and a song like um, Paula Tricksters, which we're going to play later, is more than you find on many dance albums. Now, I know that, that your band has evolved does this album kind of trace that evolution does it cover sort of a long period in time and we've got people contributing different stuff to it which is why you have such range
2: those are all great questions i mean i think i think naturally if uh if you don't push too hard against you know nature naturally we evolve as people day in and day out and and, you know i taste all the things so of course as we played more shows over the years and worked with different musicians, and of course, me coming from the music, itself, I always try to listen to lots of different music, uh, so you know, I think that that evolution has, has kind of been a, one of those things that happens over time, I think that uh, it was a goal to to try to bring in some of the different flavors uh, there are many more styles and genres that we have yet to touch on in the first album and this one, so we look forward to putting out more music, but I do feel that after the last album um, I didn't want to, you know well, I guess the thing is is I was w uh expand on what we created that was good, that people liked. I'm not saying the whole album wasn't good but or what we were doing was, was all cool in my opinion, or the people's opinion. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, certain flavors people responded to and uh I noticed that um a hybrid I've been interested in for fifteen years was a mixture of Afrobeat from West Africa, uh Namely, from the '70s political funky music that was a lot like American funk, but in my opinion, much deeper, and then disco and house, which are extensions of funk as well, and it's all Afro music, um, but okay. different sides of the Atlantic Ocean and and just different approaches. So, but I like I like you know, the the different things that those musics. Bring differently or separately, and together, just creates a crazy combination. So I wanted to, with this to highlight that, that combination. I guess you could say.
1: Okay. So we well, let's hear some of that. So
2: I'm going to
1: play uh, politics first uh, so All right. Uh, the song goes on um, It's got some pretty pointed lyrics In it and uh, It it sounds like it was written last week But actually you that song is not new To you, you wrote that some time ago Didn't you?
2: <laughs> yeah that tune, uh, I guess you could say That tune came out around 2014 In terms of the band started using it then And you know I threw some of the earlier mixes On some mixtapes or something like that But yeah it hasn't been officially released uh, For Afrolicious yet I put out a um, I guess you know it's, it's an official release, but I, I sometimes put out music under the Pleasure Pleasuremaker imprint. Yeah. I put out a version of that, and uh, World Is Coming Undone from I think from 2016 or you know an older mix, the more recent mix, but whatever. I, I, I they weren't for the <laughs> album yet. I'm still trying to see. I write a lot of songs, so uh-huh. sometimes it's just like where what song is going to go for which project, or but that song's been in uh-huh. the repertoire for years.
1: All right. Would would you call? And I've got it. We've got an email on this. So in fact, we've got several emails on this. I'll just read one from uh Tippet in Boston. Would you call your music protest music?
2: Uh, no, because um I think that when you're, you know, trying to stand in line with with uh you know, basic human rights and dignity and and the ethics that life is Sacred. The earth is sacred. The, you know, you're not protesting anything. You're you're falling in line with universal laws. You know, you're you're trying to stay true to nature and the very uh, blood that flows through your body. You know, uh I think that it's protesting that it's uh it's it's grading that to do what what these corporate you know. Uh, Okay. takeovers have been producing these, these military takeovers, you know, government takeovers for centuries and for decades. And, you know, that, that's just a manipulation of nature. So we're just trying to bring it back to na to the natural way, you know?
1: Okay. All right. Monica in San Francisco wants to know, what is your favorite venue in the
2: Bay area? That's a good question. Um, Ooh, tough one, tough one, tough one. Ha. Well, we just played a legendary venue. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it was pretty damn exciting to play at the Fillmore. Uh, Yes. And then um, our favorite dance club for DJ and stuff, and we do live shows there too. It's Public Works in San Francisco. That's a really fun place to catch a great DJ night. But uh, in terms of live music, I guess it's a toss-up for us between the Fillmore and the Independent in terms of just putting on a great show.
1: Okay. All right. And uh, I guess the answer to Rascal's question, El Cerrito, he's asking, do you still play in the elbow room? No, you don't play in the elbow room anymore. You're playing in places that have a lot more room to dance. Is, is that a, a good answer to that? <laughs> um, Vestige of Smart in San Jose wants to know, what kind of a DJ rig do you use?
2: Um, well, I am very much a flexible DJ, and I don't really rely on one particular thing. I totally down to not vinyls on turntables. Um, sometimes I end up using just like a controller, doing more of a digital set. Sometimes it's a hybrid, or, you know, the CDJs, which play CDs, and turntables which play vinyl. Sometimes it's a hybrid of those, and and another, you know, you maybe using a laptop playing off of something like Serato or Ableton Live, different programs. You can play digital files off of. But yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty flexible and I'm not a hard line, you know it has to be this setup or I'm not gonna DJ type of DJ. I'm very flexible and very easygoing with all that stuff. To me I uh so, I'll just try to make music with whatever you hand me, you know.
1: <laughs> does that mean that you have a garage full of equipment someplace?
2: Um, you know, kind of, kind of and kinda of not. <laughs> i c I'm constantly you know, I'm constantly buying its own equipment. I don't I don't hang on to stuff too okay. long or too much. Mostly from living in the bay, you kinda of learn to, to to you know not have a lot of stuff living up there yeah
1: um rice pudding in um austin interesting handle rice pudding in austin wants to know is your band always different people
2: no it's not always different there are core members myself and two others that are long-term seven eight years now with those guys um even when it was pleasure maker band those guys were playing in it so before I Felicious really Band, but they've, they've been part of the party for eight, nine years, almost ten. Um, those two long-term members, and then there's been a couple of other long-term members that aren't currently in the lineup, but, um, yeah, the bass, drums, percussion, trombone, and myself on guitar and keyboard, we're all core members who are, you know, 90-plus percent of the shows. Then we have some rotating horn players, you know, a couple of guitar players that will play with us occasionally a percussionist. and... So you know, backup bass players, whatever, sub-bass players, whatever, folks will fill in in case our core members aren't available. But, yeah, mostly it's the same squad. It's changed over the years. but uh, And then we have a lot of extended network people, people who play with those occasionally or sit in with those. Or, um, they've been part of the crew over the years, and we support them, and we promote each other. And, you know, yeah, we have a huge crew. There's probably 20-ish people affiliated with our band, but uh, five core okay. members.
1: All right. One last uh, one last question here from the audience, and this is from Mallory in New York, and she she wants to know if, if uh, your tour includes New York City, which gives us an opportunity to talk about any tour or any dates you've got coming
2: up. Yeah. Hey, Mallory, thanks for the question, and thanks to everybody who, you know, hit up some questions. It's an honor to be here, and I want to say that New York is one of my favorite cities uh, I've ever been to. I have a lot of dear friends there, and we've have many great shows there with was, uh pleasure maker back in the day Afrolicious, the sound system dj sets whatever so i love it and we're dying to get back there asap i don't know the exact date at the moment i hope you would stay in touch uh you know maybe you can send in your email or pass it along to me that way i can add it to the email list email list, uh, and, and or stay connected to the facebook instagrams and what have you uh and hopefully we'll get out there this fall. You know, we really love to get back to the East Coast asap. So stay in tune, stay in touch. Now that we're everybody out there on the East is listening. Uh, we are touring a lot up and down the West Coast. You know, for years we have been. But uh, yeah, just got to keep getting out there and, and trying to figure out how to make it work because uh, we love the East Coast.
1: What's the best way for people to follow you? Is it a Facebook page or Instagram or
2: what do you recommend? Yeah, um, those those are great. Facebook. Instagram, you know, I try to keep music on the SoundCloud pretty consistently. Uh new new music and mixes. And then um, you know, if you if you follow us on those you can you can send over your email, we can add you to the email list. Uh, there's various ways, you know, but uh but yeah we post on the, the Facebook and the Instagram regularly. Um so that works real well.
1: Okay, alright. So uh, the answer to uh, th- that question and to uh, so everybody's question on that is, uh, hit them up on, on Facebook, um, uh, sign up, uh, for their, uh, their, their, uh, in their email list and, uh, you can keep track of them when they come to New York, Mallory, you'll be one of the first to know. Now, I was going to ask you, speaking of a tour of the West Coast, this is quite but it's the West, you performed at Burning Man. Um, and now I've never been a burner, but I have lots of friends, uh, who are, and I've seen their videos and heard their stories, so. What was it like playing at Burning Man? Well, it
2: was great. I mean, the thing I personally dig about Burning Man is that um, folks are really feeling uninhibited. You know, they're feeling free. They're feeling like uh, this is this is how I want to act. You know, this is what I want to wear. You know, I don't know that people go around day to day feeling like that free. And I don't know that people go around feeling that happy day to day. People are feeling really... Childlike and curious and open to new experiences, new adventures. Blah, blah 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 blah. That being said, I think that that's a great audience to play for. You know, they're 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 ready for something. They don't um, judge anything. I mean, you know, you got people wearing the craziest costumes imaginable. Like, no reason to be it. really open. So, with with that kind of um, starting point, it's real easy to tap into a collective feel good type of situation. And of course, you, and, you know, our music it's all about that feel good vibe. So. It's a natural fit, man. I mean, you know, those tough ones where it's not really, like, compensation to play a break, man. It's, it costs money to be out there. Uh, you have to really want to go out there and go deal with those conditions. But uh, when you get there, when you deal with all that stuff aside, you know, it's a real joyous place to be. And so, yeah, you know, we play music in the first place to share it with people and, and perform, okay. so you back that route, you know?
1: All right. Well, we've got, uh, we're getting a little tight on time, but we do have time for one more song. And this is a song that uh, um, has got some very interesting questions in it. So why don't we play a little bit of What is Life? course asks the ultimate question and it's not often you hear a uh a, a philosophical uh dance tune right so so have <laughs> you answered the ultimate question yet <laughs>
2: daily man daily answering it and asking it again <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay well uh Whatever the answer is, I I remember the the words of Wavy Gravy, who you probably know of since you're from Northern California, Uh, and he used to say that um, you stop dancing because you get old. You don't stop dancing because you get old. You get old because you stop dancing, and that's the answer to the question is dance and music. Well, Joe, I want to thank you you for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you taking
2: the time to be with us. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a joy to be here. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate the people writing in and appreciate you for hosting me. Yeah. Just checking in on the music and, uh, okay. I forgot, to, well, I forgot to mention folks can find our, our, uh, tour dates and info on bands in town as well as the, uh, like the social media and the Facebook and stuff, uh, if they want to follow it there.
1: Okay, everybody should subscribe to Bands in Town. So people should uh, should follow you on uh, Facebook, uh, and they should sign up for Bands in Town and uh, check on uh, the box for you, and uh, be on uh, be at one of your live events. Because as wonderful as your music is to listen to in your earbuds, there's nothing like dancing to it. So once again, uh, thank you, uh, Joey. Really appreciate it. Joe McGuire, founder of the Band Music Collective, Creative Force known as Afrolicious. If you're in Los Angeles, they're going to be playing at a free event next Thursday night in the Arts District at the Resident. and they will be inviting some of their friends, including uh, Myron of Stone's Throw and percussionist Aponte to join them, and also have some surprise guests as well. So be ready to sweat it out on the dance floor. Check their websites for all of their tour dates around the country, and get the music on iTunes, stream it on Spotify. We'll take a quick break right now and uh, tell you about our broadcast sponsor, World Arts, and then we're going to talk with Charlotte Bash about her new release. It's a regal release, to say the least.
0: World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, we want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. World Arts is the global music platform where we can all rise above the noise. Take your career to the next level. Discover new artists. At World Arts, it's all about the music.
1: Well, we uh, we just heard about our broadcast sponsor, World Arts, and we're about ready to talk to Charlotte Bash about her new release. But before we do that, before we do that, I have a little surprise for you. We are going to take a quick trip to Mexico. I told you it was going to be a surprise.
0: Just two hours south of the California border lies the enchanting seaside town of San Felipe, Baja, California, where friendly people, warm waters, and a relaxing vacation awaits. And it all starts at www.mysanfelipevacation.com. Whether you choose to golf on the 18-hole championship course overlooking the Sea of Cortez with friends, enjoy a romantic weekend for two on the beach, or take the whole family for a fun-filled weekend of shopping and activities, you'll be sure to find just the right accommodations at MySanFelipeVacation.com. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you got away? Visit www.MySanFelipeVacation.com today that's www.mysanfelipevacation.com. see you in san felipe
1: i will see you in san felipe i won't have a voice quite like that but it's not too bad okay don't forget mysanfelipevacation.com and uh, use the discount code m f l a five you'll be glad you did well Charlotte bash is a princess well you know not a royal princess with her own duchy and her own blue-eyed prince or I don't know maybe she has a blue-eyed prince that I don't know but she does have the poofy gold clothes and the ornate bathtub filled with bubbles and a crazy white wig and a gold tiara and you can see all of that in a video for her wonderful new album princess game released this June it is indeed an album fit for a princess or a queen by anybody who loves fine pop music, 10 songs framed in stylish lyrics, hypnotic rhythms and melodies that make full use of her opera trained voice. She has managed to create a work of art that is both strong and vulnerable, refined and fun and regal and a little crazy. And best of all, she's here with us right now. Charlotte Bash, welcome to Music Friday Live.
3: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Well, we're excited to have you. I love this new album and, and the, uh, the, the video and the persona that, that goes with it. Um, you know, princesses have captivated little girls forever, at least in Western culture. Uh, and, but this is not that kind of princess. So what were you and your producer, uh, Laura Reska, uh thinking when you conceived of this album and the video and the whole princess idea?
3: Oh well, Laura was only um, involved with the visual stuff. Um, the The music producers for the album was were Chris Price and Sonam. Um, Sonam is ah, a Peruvian okay. producer. Chris Price okay. is a singer songwriter. He actually just released a new album as well. But um, you know what? What I I wrote the title track for Prince of Game probably two and a half years ago. And what I was thinking that song, I was just thinking about like. The ego, it versus ego, um, fantasy versus reality, how, you know, sometimes people, like, want to act like princesses, but they're not always being very classy. <laughs> and it just kind of was a jumping off point for, I mean, you know, and then I wrote Scars, which I know we're going to talk about soon. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the, the Princess Game album really is. I think that started with that very reality versus fantasy, it versus ego concept. And it kind of just jumped off from there.
1: Well, uh, why don't we uh, we play a song from the album? Why don't we play Princess Game? New title track here. I, I love in, in that song, um, and the singer will write her melody while you sing in a different tune, and then you auto tune the line, so it really is a different tune. <laughs> very nice touch. Very nice touch.
3: Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm usually not uh, a very pro auto tune person, but I felt like it just fit so well with the track, and it just had to. It had to happen. It felt wrong without it. Oh, absolutely <laughs> It was perfect. It.
1: It was perfect. And I hope everybody who listens to it gets the joke. <laughs> okay. Well, before that line, however, you sing, and I'll remember how my pity, your shame combined, were our demise in this princess game. Um, can you spin out what the princess game is? Or tell us about that.
3: It's that battle of, you know, it's that it and ego thing. It's the battle that you have within yourself to, um gosh i it's so, so i really I hope I explained this correctly, <laughs> but it's just, it's that inner battle you have within yourself to like be presentational and act like a princess, but then also kind of stand up for yourself um, so my pity, your shame, you know, like I feel sorry for you, oh but i I don't you know I feel sorry for myself, you know that kind of whole does that make any sense i really hope i explained that correctly
1: yeah God, i'm sorry everyone no, okay it's
3: fine um uh, it makes sense.
1: <laughs> i, I want to ask you a little bit about the visuals in the princess game you've got some really strong visuals including the the scenes in the visual uh, in the video of making you up and shooting the stills in your wig and your hoop skirt with the bubbles do you ever worry that Th- those visuals are going to eclipse what you actually look like that, that people will always expect you to show up in a wig and a poopy dress and regal makeup.
3: Yes. Yes. And that's something that Laura and I discussed because, so that was, yeah, it was, that was a big point of contention for me. I was like, Oh, I don't want people to think that like, cause I mean, that's a lot of work to to look like that. <laughs> so every like, day I
1: particularly, want, you know,
3: <laughs> every day. Yeah. I was like, I don't want there to be this expectation. Um, that I'm going to look like that for everything. Um, so that's why we made sure. I said, we've got to keep my real hair for some of these photos. So we've got a couple. We've got a couple in there with my, I'm a brunette. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Long <laughs> um, hair.
3: With, yes, I have long brown hair. Um, so, yes, we made sure that we kept those in. And I think for the future, when I take more photos, we're probably going to go a little bit less heavy on the wigs, although I really do love that purple wig. <laughs> um, maybe I'll just dye my hair like that eventually. Who knows? We'll there you go. Happens. Right.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, um, I understand that that um, cats and allergies also had something to do with that photo shoot. Can you tell us about that?
3: Oh my god! Oh, actually, it had to do with the session. Um, my producer Chris Price. He um, he has two cats, and I'm super allergic to cats. My my lungs close up when I'm around them, mm. which is horrible because they're they're great creatures, but So, we were going to record. He has a real studio in his house and we were going to record there, but I couldn't because of the cat. So, he basically just ended up bringing his laptop over and his mic, and we recorded it in my apartment, um, which does not have a real studio. So, it's funny that we recorded it. But it's not exactly, which was more important. I felt I needed my lungs more than a vocal (laughs) boost.
1: I also understand that um your producer one of your producers visa expired before the album was done so it had to leave the country so what did you do did you just produce the rest of it yourself
3: oh so what happened was right so he luckily it's easy to go over tracks via email and skype and whatsapp and all that so that was fine Mm -hmm. but as far as recording the vocals i mean i just wasn't I don't like recording vocals remote. So what happened was one of my friends, Brendan Lee um, came in and he recorded the vocals for um, six of the songs on the album. And that's Mm. how we got it done. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, that makes for a good story. Yeah. Good stories. Um, (laughs) There is a story that um, you have said that uh, being well behaved is just a game. And of course, you're not necessarily known for being well behaved. Uh, you released a song about an activity with an angel that I can't say on the air. Oh. But you also also you covered a song from Disney's Frozen, which are kind of two different edges. Is um, Princess Game sort of another side to your edginess?
3: I I guess so. It's funny. I didn't know I had developed a reputation for you know not being well behaved. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you but said yeah, it, I guess I, I think
3: it's. Yeah, no, I mean, hey. Um, but yeah, I guess you know, being being a being a princess is you know being classy, but you also have to stay true to yourself and stand up for yourself and not be af- afraid to say Angel blank. I guess I don't know if I can say that on the radio, but you can check it I out can. on YouTube. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> YouTube is not overseen by the FCC. We are, and that's one of the seven uh, words we can't say. All right. Yep. Well, uh, before we go off and say one of those words accidentally, uh, I think that we should uh, <laughs> listen to some more music. Uh, and, and this is another Edge of Charlotte. This is uh, something that I didn't expect in the album. It's Mississippi. will be will be
0: my blues.
3: my
1: Okay, all right. So you fulfilled your destiny as a Mississippi River Queen. That's such an unusual song, and, and not what you expect from the title, you know, which is kind of a plus too. The lyrics are your poetry, though. They, they really, uh, and the way you send them to a pop beat really works. Black and red stilettos sound echoes of lost souls all around on a quest for nothing to prove. Um, is, yep. is this a song about you?
3: Um, it is, actually. I um, So what happened was I went to New Orleans last August, and that's where I wrote this song. Um, and it was a really funny time in my life because I was feeling really inspired by New Orleans and the music scene there. But at the same time, I was also, you know, this whole album was really inspired by Britpop. So it's kind of where you get that really weird, like, drum and bass kind of clashing with, like, southern lyrics type thing and when I played the song for my friends one of my friends was just like I do not get this song and I'm like that's fine you know the song this is for me <laughs> so, but I love that it's like a party song but I was able to sneak some you know some poetry in there as you say like that's one of my yeah. favorite lyrics yeah, yeah
1: it, it, and it's a, it's a very visual lyric too I mean I, I can see that going on and then when you throw in a quest for nothing to prove just perfect absolutely perfect we are talking with Charlotte Bash about her new album, Princess Game. You can talk with her, too. You can call in 347-215-7511. If you're sitting there at work, which I know most of you are, uh, and you've got your headphones on, email us. In fact, oops, email's popping up, but I'll give the address anyway. Music Friday Live at gmail.com. Well, there's a song in this album that is an absolute hook for me. Uh, both in the music and in the lyrics. It's called SCARS. Uh, so let's listen to it a minute. And then uh, a lot of things to talk about it. This is SCARS. I love that song so much. I, I, I hate to, to turn it off. Time. Whoa. Um, but my engineer obviously wanted to. Uh, okay. Um, so the, the, the line there, the first verse sort of grabs you sailing away through a foggy day. Ship is going east, but my heart is going south. Knowing how I feel, knowing I can't change, but I got to let it go, get back to that strange place. I must have listened to that 10 times last night, um, and I'm not sure if it's uplifting or it's depressing, right? But
3: it's, <laughs>
1: it's totally memorable. Uh, do you have a strange place? Uh, do you think everybody does?
3: I think my brain is my strange place. And I mean, because I, mean, I think that, well, first of all, that's about, you know, like even though you're physically moving away from something in time, like something has happened in your past that has affected, affected you. And I try not to dwell on my past. But, you know, sometimes things happen that always stick with us, you know, no matter what. Um, But, yeah, I do think that my strange place is definitely, you know, my brain and how I view the world and, you know, sometimes like feeling like an outsider looking in type thing. Um,
2: Okay.
0: So
3: that's just something that I'm always carrying with me for sure.
1: Okay. All right. Well,
3: um,
1: we've got some emails here. Um, So we're going to let the outsiders in.
3: All
1: right, Rinsalar in Hollywood wants to know: When you play live, do you play live in and bubbles?
3: Funny, I'm going to address the bubbles thing first, actually. So what I was doing was I I have been getting little bubbles, and I've been passing them at my shows to people who are following me on Spotify. Um, So that's how we're addressing the bubbles thing.
1: (laughs) Yay! Great idea. um, so you actually pass Thank out little you. bubble blowers to your audience?
3: I do, yeah. I always yeah. say, hey, we got bubbles. You're following me on Spotify. Come grab some and let show the proof. And it's been, it's been yeah, it's been really fun, actually, because okay. everyone likes bubbles. Oh, always, yeah, some sure. Some people are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: so uh, yeah, what about the rest as of as us? As
3: far like, as the costume, yeah. No, as far as the costuming, like, I tend to perform with really large pieces of jewelry just because it's very mean. And that's actually... But um, I would say that the photo shoot is definitely my look in a more hyperbolized way. However, you know, you know, maybe I will feel more comfortable performing in full costume at some point, you know. But okay. for now, it just hasn't happened.
1: All right. Well, Rinslaur, you're just going to have to keep following her on Spotify. Go to her shows <laughs> and these days. You'll uh, you'll not only have your opportunity to blow bubbles, but uh, you'll see her in the full regal uh, outfit. Um,
3: Please blow Mac the knife,
1: the knife is. which sounds like a song. Um, Mac the knife in that, Los Angeles. That song uh, that was. Uh, when I do too, although, although he spells uh, the 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 knife with an N, so I guess there's not a copyright oh. problem. Um, you should try Sayers Club. Uh, they would love you, especially in costume. Hmm. You ever been to Sayers Club? Oh,
3: awesome. Yeah, Sayers Club is awesome they actually showcase really really great vocalists so that would that would definitely be something i would love to do all
1: right well uh give it a try um
3: yeah
1: in dallas wants to know did you have barbies when you were a little girl
3: (laughs) um the second question
1: we'll do that one first
3: okay um yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love Barbies. I feel like Barbie really forms who I am as a person. And um, I, would, I was actually known in my elementary school circles as, you know, always having the best Barbie games to play and stuff. So you you got you caught me. Yes.
1: Uh, I'm not surprised. Well, she has a second question that says, do you ever sing songs about a prince?
3: No, actually. Huh. I mean, I mean, I guess my whole my first EP was all about relationships, and you know, I have my song "Love in the Real World," which is about my prince, you know, my real life prince. But um, you know, not we haven't gone there with the imagery yet. No. Now
1: you got so you got something to think about. Um, and actually,
3: um,
1: when Singh in Portland wants to know if if there are any songs about uh, a prince, he said, and when Singh says. All the songs are about princesses, not just yours, but Disney's. Doesn't anybody ever sing about a prince? I don't know.
0: Nope. <laughs>
3: um, you know, this, again, like the princesses for, for this album are more of a representation of just like complex alter egos and such. Um, that whole fantasy reality and ego thing. But, you know, I'm sure we'll go back to some more love songs on the next album. And mm-hmm. I'll work in the word prince there for all these people. It looks like i has <laughs> <I've> got to. <laughs>
1: okay. um, Julio in New York wants to know if you've ever played in New York. He, uh, and Julio says you would fit right in. not oh, sure what thank that you, means.
3: Julio. I, I, I get what it means because I love New York. And even though I was raised in Los Angeles, I feel like part of me is New Yorker. It's funny that you ask Julio because I'm actually going to be in New York. I have a show at Pianos on August 29th. So hopefully I will see you there.
1: Oh, good. Okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, Well,
1: uh, August 29th in PM, New York. So, Julio, you had better show up since you asked the question. He better show up. All right. Uh, All right. We need to play some more music here before we get totally lost. Uh, This is a very interesting song. This is uh, Siren. there are so many nice little accents and highlights in that song and so many layers, so many sonic layers. Uh, Were you involved in placing all those notes? Is that mostly you or mostly your producer? Or do you you sort of do that, do a mind meld and do that together?
3: Um, so yeah, Chris Price and I co-wrote Siren. The other three songs that you played, I actually, I was the sole writer on it, but this one was a co-write. Um, and I guess it was i guess we, we did uh, what was interesting about siren was Chris was really adamant about me having a breathy placement for the song, which made me really uncomfortable with, with an opera background, you know um you know, so what, what, that would you explain what scary, that it is you know? a breathy placement is kind of like you know like Ellie Golding is kind of like you know like that that sound that like. I'm crying, yeah. like you're you're kind of putting your breath at the onset and like almost exhaling your breath and just getting a breathy sound versus like a full-on Janis Joplin belt, you know, okay. um, right. it, it, I hope I explained that well. Gosh, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, you demonstrated so that was, it well. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a vocal coach as well. I try, but sometimes, yeah, so that was really difficult, but I think, that's actually vocally, I think my my favorite song the way it came out, and it's funny because I had to step so out far outside my comfort zone for that. Um, and then the end is kind of more how I'm used to singing. So you guys will just have to check that out online to All know right. what I'm talking about, since I don't think we played through the end. But <laughs> we well,
1: we'll couldn't. Uh, of your comfort zone, you're actually going to you actually still sing opera. In fact, you've got a performance coming up, don't you?
3: I do, yeah. Um, I took a break for a couple years, um, but I feel like I have more control over my voice. And, it's just you know, opera is all about growing into your voice and really accentuating that mature sound. So I'm going to be in Lucia with Pacific Opera Project in September, um, which is really exciting. It's a lot of work. I forgot how much work opera is um, to memorize all that Italian. But, yeah, I'm really excited to do that. And, and where, really will to my
1: roots. So where will that production
0: take place? Um, It's
3: actually going to be at Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale. I guess there's a stage there. I haven't seen it yet, but it's supposed to be a really big area. And it we is, have a chorus yeah. with like 30 or 40 people in it. So it's going to be a very large production, and you'll probably see me in outfits similar to what I wore for Princess Kim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and will you uh, you have that on your social media so people can see you in your, your other uh, singing form?
3: Yes, I, yes, I definitely will.
1: Okay, all right. Well, we have one more question that I, that uh, we just we're tight on time, but I really want to get this right. in. Regina in in Salt Lake wants to know what female pop star would you like to team up with on stage?
2: Oh my
3: god, Sia. Hands down. Um, she's just inspired me so much lyrically. She has so much depth and she has a huge vocal range as well. Um, She's just—I just think she's such an incredible artist. So if I ever got to be in her presence, I would probably pass out um, and die of shock. But
1: (laughs) and then wake up and sing, hopefully.
3: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get there. (laughs) Okay,
1: all right. Well, we uh, we have reached the end of our time together, but we we can't leave until we we tell people how they can get your. Uh, your wonderful music and um, give them, and repeat where you're going to be on tour. So first of all, how do people best follow you?
3: Um, I guess on Instagram. Instagram is great. Um, if you want to check out my tours, Bands in Town is linked to my Facebook page and Songkick is linked to my Spotify. Um, and then I also have Twitter, although I'm trying to get better about my Twitter. I'm not great about it. No. <laughs> but Um, I guess those are the best ways to follow me, and charlottebash.com will link you up to all those things. Okay, all
1: right. Now, you've got a tour coming up. You're going to play in New York, in Chicago, and also in in Los Angeles. Want to give us those dates and places again?
3: Yes. um, So, New York is the next show. I was just in Portland, Seattle, and San Francisco, but New York is the next show. It's August 29th at Piano's. Um, and then I'm going to do an acoustic show at the Mint on September 19th, I believe we just booked this. So September 19th or 16th, it's on Facebook. Um, and then I have a show on October 7th at the Elbow room in Chicago, but also stay tuned for, I'm in the process of booking another show out in the Joshua tree area that I can't talk a lot about, but it's going to be a really, really amazing show. Um, if everything goes down and some other things in the LA area as well, well, I imagine
1: all of your shows are really, really amazing shows. So everybody oh, thank should
2: you. Uh, uh,
1: everybody should um, follow you on Instagram. They should uh, follow you on. They should check out your Facebook page. And uh, are you in bands in town? Now? Yeah,
3: yes, yeah, so and my bands in town is linked to my Facebook fan page as well, okay, which is just sure. Charlotte Bash. All right. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Charlotte Bash. I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. This has been a delight.
3: Thank you so much. This was so much fun, and thank you, everyone, who called in. I really appreciate it.
1: Okay. And like we said, follow Charlotte at uh, www.charlottebash.com and all the other social uh, platforms, Facebook, social media, etc. if you're in L.A. See you at September 19th at the Mint. Doors open at 8 o'clock. Uh, the clock is telling us that we really have been on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bardleben. Our intern, Angeline has her own radio show. out And download the other programs at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Music Friday. Now, we're going to be in Mexico until September 9th. We're planning on broadcasting and we're bringing our equipment, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Follow us on Facebook and and Twitter, and we'll let you know. That's it for now. Have a great musical weekend while we uh, listen to a little bit of Scars.